I know when we first met, we first met years ago, and I was your team chaplain there. And uh, and I remember you gave me a book then. It was on uh, Lou Holtz, and it was uh, about Notre Dame, and right. his winning philosophy and his seasons. And I read it through, and I gave you a book, then you gave me one. And we, began, we got this thing where through sure. the years, some of the best books I read were books that we'd exchanged. Yeah, and, same here. You yeah. know, there's some books that mark your life because, yeah. you know, the time or the situation. And uh, But, uh, yeah, I've always valued that. And then you introduced me to John Maxwell, got me right. on the old Enjoy yeah. set tape. Uh, and, uh, so, that's right. You know, and uh, that's been a valuable, yes. valuable resource. And I still... Oh, part of that. Yeah. yeah that, well, that's been the thing that connected us was, was to, uh, you, you know, like I said, when you gave me the book, first, one of the first people I met that did like I did would find a book and read it, you know, and, and most people get out of school and just put the books up and we were saying, no, let's, let's glean from it. Yes. And that's when I said, here's somebody, here's, man, he's on the same track I'm on. We're, we're dialed in. Right. And, uh, no doubt. And, yeah. you know, you had a passion for history, leadership. Athletics, just like I did, and you gave me the spiritual component. And uh, I tell people all the time mm-hmm. that you, you totally uh, gave me the spiritual uh, simplicity uh, or template right. to to be a believer. Yeah, and uh, and I, I had no idea, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, I thank James Wilson for that. And then yeah, uh, yeah. and then we became friends, and he became the chaplain, and uh, you know, the rest oh, is history. It's been it's been. I, I feel like on my end, I've gotten more out of it than you have. But well, we're sharp yeah. each other. But I know yeah. I've got more in no. my family too. I mean, you know, both of my kids were baptized here, so you know, yeah. they could join here. So we, you know, it's been it's been great for us. It has, it has been for me too. And in the in the baseball deal now, let me ask you this: um, when when you first won that first state championship, that probably had to be for you. Like, we got there, we did it. But could you ever believe that you'd come behind that with 11 more after that? I mean, did you know that you're going to build, really, you build a dynasty there? You know, that's what you were known for. Well, you know, it's just, I just remember the old John Wooden character definition. Mm-hmm. Was, you know, a bulletin can get you to talk, but, you know, character will keep you there. And, uh, yeah. you know, and I've heard you say that, you know, you can get to the top faster or maybe even quicker yeah. without character. But yeah. This, you know, the uh, stickability or sustaining that yeah. uh, excellence over a period of time, you know, once, you know, that's what all winners do. You know, yeah. once you win that, uh, I don't know, particular court case, you know, you want another that's one or right. you, you win, uh, you know, a particular series or a particular championship, whatever, whatever, Yeah. you know, you want to be back. And once you taste it, you know, it creates that thirst or that hunger that, you know, you can't wait to try. Yeah, it's kind back. of finding that formula. Yeah. Now, how long did it take you to win the first state championship? Well, I say to about five years. About okay. Five, yeah. Okay. You know, it's just like, you know, I, I use the analogy like David, you know, I mean, he defeated the bear and the lion, mm-hmm. you know, and then we had won a couple of region championships right. at, at Kendrick and it came very close. You know, mm-hmm. we were uh, one out away from uh, going to the state uh, finals my f- last year there. Mm-hmm. And when the Columbus job came open, you know, I knew that we had just barely beat those guys. I mean, yeah. it was a dogfight mm-hmm. in the last two years. And they had just about most of them coming back. Right. So it was just, I was blessed that the opportunity, you know, one came open and then I got a chance to coach right. those guys. And, uh, and some of those guys are still, you know, uh, friends of mine. They've right. done very well in well. business and, and whatever. Frank was a 10th grader, like I said, on the team. But, you know, the Bubba Hans and... Uh, 
David Abbott's and people like that were just uh, not only winners there, but winners in the mm-hmm. community and wherever they go. And you had other coaches too, like like most teams. You had good coaches that came along beside you, assistants in that stage. Some of them had even been your players, and they wound up now coaching and doing well. I, right. I spoke at that Georgia Dugout Club in Atlanta, and uh, and got a chance that David Smart right. was there, kind of overseeing that. And he'd been one of your players and assistants. Yeah, well, been, yeah he was coaching with me 10 years. And then uh, I had Greg Mathis for about 8 or 10. You know, he's mm-hmm. in Brookstone now and uh, really is uh, redirecting their girls' softball team. And they were ultra successful. But James Wilson was an assistant. Yeah. He, he goes to you. Fall, two of my proudest conferences are that James and mm-hmm. uh, Ed Oliver won championships uh, well, away from me. So yeah. I would like to think, and you know, they always gave me a lot of credit. But I, I was, it was really self fulfilling to uh, see them be successful mm-hmm. when they left yeah. me. Yeah, that was the, that's the fruit, you know, that shows you did it right. I mean, you got the formula down, you did that, you constantly grow. Uh, that that's been the part that I think for, as I look from the outside of it, I said Bobby has just done it right. And the funny thing is, your style, people don't know it because. You, you you know when we're talking like this, there's so much humility and it's just a, a, a wealth of, of knowledge, but there's so much humility that people wouldn't know when it's game time or practice time. You change and become all right, folks. This is all business. Yes, and and, and that's the serious side. And your players, the players that played for you, the ones I knew. If they played for somebody else, they came over and it was a whole other level playing for you. It was like, we could get away with anything. We could show up late, we could do what we want, we could you know, pop gum and you know, laugh on a bus and hang out. When we came with Coach Howard, suddenly we're a team and this is a mission and we're going out. That, that was your style. Well, I've been blessed. You know, the main thing is what we tried to do was put all our emphasis on on, prep, on preparation, excuse me, and practice. Yeah. And then the games, let the kids play. I back off, and, you know, and that's the reason that the moment, a lot of times, you know, we tried to create an atmosphere where the games were fun. Now, mm-hmm. the practice time is my time. Okay. You know, and uh, and I put a lot of demands and expectations are higher there. And I think everybody that's successful, like Coach K and, you know, and, and Saban and, and those particular yeah. guys that win year in and year out, you know, the Dabo Sweeney's, whatever, you know, they, they figured it out because, you know, the, you got to have an element of fun, but, uh-huh. you know, you can't short change uh, the preparation and yeah. the practice and make sure that it's serious. I remember BJ said one time, you know, when he came out and mm-hmm. played, and yeah. uh, he came back and you told me this story. You said, mm-hmm. all I know is Coach Howard's an entirely different person in church <laughs> than he is on the field. That's right. Yeah. yeah. He said, man, he comes out there, Dan, he's like, you in this house, you know, it's going to be run my way. Yeah. And you did. That's that, that's the thing, it's kind of like that bleed, bleed in practice and then you just sweat in the game. But if you just sweat and practice, you're gonna bleed in the game. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's just you know we just put our two um, major emphasis on how we practice and how we prepare. You know? And I guess if you do that, wouldn't that filter out a lot of the people that are not gonna be all in or not capable of going far? Oh yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's it's always a price issue or a commitment you know level on uh, who's gonna put in the time, put in the you know. The preparation, mm-hmm. you know, to see, you know, uh, turning over, you know, just about every leaf, rock, whatever. Well, it's just, it's just basically attention to detail. Yeah. You know, and some people, you know, 
don't think that's important, but it's important in everything, whether it's a relationship, whether it's your faith, whether it's uh, yeah. your job, whatever, regardless of what the occupation is. That's the, that's the thing, Bobby. It's kind of like, I did a podcast the other week with Frank Shamrock, the MMA fighter, won right. five different divisions. And, and one of the things that, that, when I was asking him, how do you, what's the difference between good and great and all that? And he said, it's in the standard. And he said, if you set your standard high, and he said that back then when they would do the fighting, he said they'd come into the gym and what's supposed to be just practice and training were full-blown fights. And he said, but they did that so much in practice that when they got in an actual fight, it was not new. They'd seen everything and done everything. Right. And I thought about that in business as well, whether leading BPL or leading the church in both ways. I always set the standard higher than the places around. As a church, I said it higher than the others. When it came to BPL, I said, I want to go higher. And it filtered out. But I noticed that's the same thing you've done with baseball. You, you set the standard higher, and you attract and keep the higher quality, and you and you filter out and, and sift through the people that are not going to go all the way. Sure. Yeah. Well, anybody can you know, establish... You know, the basic minimum are a requirement, but the mm -hmm. standard, like you said, is a key. That's, that's going above what is basically, uh, you know, what we talk about. You know, if you want to be successful, just two basic things, you know, uh, you got to refuse to be average, mm -hmm. and then you got to overcome adversity because that's going to be some train wrecks or, or, or derailments, whatever, you know, and you storms, and you just got to fight through them. Yeah, well, that's good. Mm -hmm. Refuse to be average. I love that one. Mm -hmm. and then overcome adversity, obviously, because you're going to have a time that somebody's going to drop the ball, somebody's going to... Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's, yeah. Yeah. somebody's going to steal a base and yeah. throw you know, some going to blow a call. It's going to, you know, the sun's going to be shifted, you know, something gets in somebody's eyes. And yeah. we talk about that, you know, the law of averages, and, you know, those yeah. things going to happen. Let's just be ahead when they yeah. do, because they happen. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the actuary tables that you know that drive insurance companies and gambling casinos that uh -huh. uh, you play the percentage because it's going to happen yeah yeah so it's an issue there of how you how quick you recover exactly yeah and practicing and simulating it in and you know in your practice time when mm -hmm. i like to umpire all the time when we enter squad and um, mm -hmm. and i'll blow calls left and right you know yeah. just to see if who can uh, you know can handle it you right. know and the guy be out by you know, three or four feet, uh -huh. I'm safe. I'll uh -huh. call a bad call, you know, on, on a batter and you know, just see how they react because it's going to happen. Yeah, that's very good. I don't yeah. know that that's even taking the most meticulous part that I would have never thought of. And well, you know, and our, and our practices are, are highly competitive too. So what we've incorporated in the last couple of years is that we have a podium for every drill we do. We have the top three. Right. And no matter what we do and conditioning. You know, I'll take them to the pool. We swim on every Thursday, so as until the season starts. And you know, some of them are ugly swimmers, but you know, everything yeah. we do is competitive. Wow. Yeah, I thought I, I heard one time some baseball coach that they got read it, and and he had a thing where it was like every player come in and see me, sit down, bring me your glove. I want to look at your glove. I want to see is it flexible? Does it work? Does it, and and he wouldn't get on to him. He was just saying, I don't want you going out there with the wrong equipment and it not being broke in. Right. So he he and and some of the parents were saying he's checking our gloves, but he's trying to make sure that when I put you out, that no matter what I've taught you, that every little thing's in place. It is. It's yeah. just you know, it's just like at a higher level you go. I mean, 
you know, they, they examine your glove to make sure you're taking care of it, you know, very similar to the military checking your weapon. Uh-huh. You know, you know you sh- John Wooden, you know, we, we brought him up. You know, he used to teach his players how to put their socks on correctly, mm-hmm. where they wouldn't, wow. how to lace up the shoes where they wouldn't uh, cause blisters. Yes. You know, because yeah. you know, when you're out there practicing for two and a half hours nonstop, stop it starting the way how fast they go, you know, you you're going to have some friction or blisters. But he, he, you know, he would... You know, Vince Lombardi, you know, same thing. All those guys, you know, didn't leave nothing yeah. for for just uh, speculation or, you know, guess. Wow. That's that difference really between the good and the great, too. It's those little things, I think. Well, you got to have talent, but that, those things factor in. And the higher yeah. you go and the more you're exposed, you know, like you said earlier, uh, you use the term crack. But, you know, some you know some people can, crack, you know, can't take the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the platform as it gets higher. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's some, I've noticed... Some people, when they do reach the top, if they if they go the easy route and they reach the top as a ball player or whatever, and then they throw a lot of money at them, they didn't have the character part building, mm-hmm. and their life is is shot partying or whatever. Right. And, uh, you know, when you get that money, I mean, it gives you options. It's no guarantee, but it doesn't give you the skills on how to use it. So yeah. the skill aspect, you know, is is like anything else. And you know, how do you treat people? You know, uh, how you handle your money, how you treat the opposite sex. You know, yeah. there's so many components just to being a, a well-grounded and a well-rounded person. And like you said, if you don't have that character or that spiritual yeah. base, you know, that's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to show up. I can see that. That's where, you know, I used to teach this. that would Money and success doesn't make you who you are. And it really doesn't change you. It just reveals who you really are. Right. It just shows what's under there. Right. Like the character's already there. All it does is highlight it to the world. If it's not there, it shows that too, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you see these people that win the lottery, you know, it gives them, you know, instant money and options. But, if, you know, if they don't have the skills or the people around them to direct mm-hmm. them and advise them, you know, that's, that's, yeah. that's very fleeting. Right, let me ask this about the mindset. If you had a choice today to go play a team that was average, you kind of knew if you did everything right, you could win. Or if you had a chance to play somebody that you knew you can't afford to make a mistake. They're that good. But if you win, the win's gonna feel sweeter. Which one of those would you would you want to do? Well, you know, I think the, the major thing is that, you know, uh, the winners are people that I have uh, researched. You know, you, you always plan your preparation regardless of who the opponent is. You know, mm-hmm. and it goes back to whether it's a standard or a requirement. And I hope I can come back around and ask your question. But the main thing is, is that, you know, you got to fill your schedule with uh, people like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think you do it all the way. Right. Because, you know, you're going to have to have some uh, times of uh, relaxation and rest. And, you know, you can, uh, and, and most schedule people say that, you know, you need to get a third of uh, people on average and third, you know, maybe that you you know, can beat, but mm-hmm. you know, the other third is it's got to be the top elite. Cause yeah. if you want to go where you want to go and you want to, you know, you don't base, at least we had never based our uh, success on how many games we won and things like this, how long you play, mm-hmm. you know, and then if, you know, if you like now with a football, you know, if the ones that want to go deep in December, like, you know, everybody lines up and can play early, but you know, mm-hmm. the teams, you know, there's only a few teams going to be playing next week right. in, in the championship games. And then, you know, New Year's Day, there's only going to be about yeah. four. Yeah. And then you look at the NFL, how many teams are going, you know, into yeah. late December and, uh, you know, 
is going to still be playing in January and February. So, mm-hmm. but to answer your question, yeah, I think that you only get better by you know, and, and we have always tried not to uh, dodge anybody. We play it now. We're a Class A school now here at Pacelli, and we're playing numerous 7A schools mm-hmm. in Georgia and in uh, Alabama. Yeah, because you, know, you don't get any better by playing those yeah. other people because they can reveal some. Uh, weakness and uh, can expose mm-hmm. them real fast if you don't play well. Yeah, that's what I think. I yeah. think then you'd be able to see where you yeah. where you are because they could be misleading or the old fake news thing, you know, yeah. your record. And uh, that's right. And that's that's not reality. Yeah. If you really want to go where you want to go. I hope you enjoyed episode number forty-eight and part two of Bill's conversation with Coach Bobby. Howard, and if you would like to see part three, stay tuned for next week when it airs episode number 49. And if you would like to stay in the loop and not miss it, be sure to go to our BP Leadership Podcast channel on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, as well as the notification bell so that you'll get notified whenever part three releases. And if you're watching this after all of them already come out, make sure you go to our channel like I mentioned and go ahead and subscribe while you're there. But check out part three of this conversation. You do not want to miss it. Thank you guys for watching. This is where real leaders are made.